The scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verses 8 to 13. But you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I've chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, whom you took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corner, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious hand. All who incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. Those who strive against you shall be nothing and shall perish. You shall seek who contend with you, but you shall not find them. Those who are at war against you shall be as nothing at all. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, do not fear, I will help you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, still our hearts, quiet our souls. Allow us to experience your presence and your power through your word this morning. Remind us, God, that you've called us to live lives of courage, of confidence, lives filled with hope. Hope not in our own power, not in our own influence or potential, God, but hope that begins with your great love for us demonstrated in the life, death, and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ. Let that always be our beginning place. Let that be the hope that is the anchor for our souls. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this week is a special week. Uh, it's a special week because we celebrate Thanksgiving here in America on November on, on Thursday, excuse me. Yeah, right? I would like to give it a date, but Thanksgiving falls on an arbitrary date every year, right? The last Thursday of the month of November. Oh, fourth. Correction, right? In case there's a fifth Thursday. Sometimes there's a fifth Thursday. Very good, very good. It's a special week as we consider all the ways that God has blessed us and how we might be a thankful people. And one of the things that I'm thankful for when it comes to faith and comes to our life together in God is that I'm thankful that we're a people that do not have to live in fear, in a culture, in a world that is filled with messages that are fear-based, we are a people who have not been given a spirit of fear, but instead a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Our lives do not have to be dominated by the voices that yell at us about all that we should be afraid of. I feel like every time I turn on my TV these days, there's another person telling me who I should fear and why I should be afraid of them. And my hope, my prayer, is that above the voices and the noise we hear on the television and through social media, is that we would hear the voice of God telling us not to be afraid. That our lives don't have to be marked by fear, stress, and anxiety, but instead can be lived in freedom, in hope, and in love that comes from a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So as followers of Jesus, the crucified and risen Savior, 
We do not have to fear because we are loved by God. You and I are the beloved children of God, God's chosen possession, God's children created and formed in God's image. You could not be any more loved than you already are by God. And God's great desire is that you would turn your heart toward Him and enter into a relationship with Him. God loves us, friends, loves you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, you are loved by God and invited into a relationship with Him that overcomes the power of sin and death in your life. You, friends, we are a loved people. Not only that, but this God who loves us and sent His Son for us has a plan and a purpose for our lives, as Jeremiah 29 tells us. Plans to bless us and to give us hope and a future. Hope and a future. What more could you want out of life than purpose, hope, and a future? Plans that allow us in every season of life, whether stormy or drought-filled, whether abundant or desolate, every season of life, we have the opportunity to build, plant, marry, multiply, pray, and work for the good of the place where we find ourselves because God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. So friends, fear not because God loves you. Fear not. Because God has a plan for you and for your life. And I want you to know one more reason why you should not be afraid, no matter what you face in life. Fear not, because God is with you. Fear not, because God is with you. In the very same way that throughout the Scriptures, God tells us to be not afraid, to fear not. God reminds us, usually in the same verse, that God is with us, that God is always present with us, that from the moment we took our first breath, that God's presence has been beside us and surrounding us and leading us and guiding us and catching us when we fall. There's not a moment of your life when God's presence hasn't been with you. We call that grace, friends. God is near to us in the ups and the downs of life. God is acquainted with us, the psalmist says, with our habits, with our going and coming. He knows when we sit, when we stand. He sees us even when we attempt to hide ourselves in the darkness. The scriptures say that the darkness is as light to him. And he sees us and is with us. Throughout the story of the people of Israel, God says that he is with them again and again. In Genesis 28, verse 15, God says to Jacob in a dream, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I'll bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. That's God's word to Jacob. In Deuteronomy 31.8, Moses, as he's about to send these wandering Hebrews who've left captivity in Egypt, who've wandered in the desert for 40 years, as he's about to send them into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua, he says to the crowd gathered there before him, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because God is going ahead of you and will be with you as you go. 
Then in Joshua 1.5, God says to Joshua, this young leader who's, who's attempting to, to lead this mass of people into the land that God has promised them, he says, just as I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. Now you might be thinking that's fine and good for Jacob and for Joshua and for Moses and the Hebrew people, but what about me? Well, friends, the promises that you read in Scripture aren't just written for those characters and those individuals that you hear about. They're also written for you. So every time God promises Joshua or Moses or Abraham or Jacob or David or name your biblical character that he will be with them, God says the same thing to you, that God will be with you through the thick and the thin, through the ups and the downs and every place in between. God is with us. Fast forward to the New Testament and to Jesus before he ascends into heaven and he gives one last set of instructions to his disciples. We call those instructions the Great Commission. There in Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Friends, this is where our mission statement as a church comes from, the Great Commission, to make disciples and transform the world. We are a people seeking to live out this commission. But notice what Jesus says to the disciples next, his last words to them. He says, and surely, well, let me give it to you in the King James, the way I learned it. And lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. Or as the NIV says, and surely I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Scholars say that the way this verse actually parses out is that God will be with us as we go, as we make disciples, as we baptize as we teach, as we obey, as we live out God's call and purpose on our lives, God is with us. Jesus says, I'm with you always, always, in every season, in every challenge, in every tragedy, in every unsure moment when you feel like things are slipping away from you, remember that God is with us. And because God is with us, we do not have to fear. You know, John Wesley, as he was drawing his last breaths, kept muttering one phrase over and over again. Do you know what it was? He said, best of all, God is with us. Best of all, God is with us. He kept repeating it again and again and again, making sure that the last words that he uttered, the last word that he would give to us was confidence in the work that God was doing in life and even in death, and life beyond death. Best of all, God is with us. So we do not have to fear. We do not have to be afraid. No matter what life may bring us. This morning though, I want us to turn our attention to Isaiah chapter 41 verses 8 to 13. The verses you heard read just a few moments ago. God speaks in the midst of the exile through the prophet Isaiah to the Hebrew people who've been in captivity. If you remember back in 587 BCE that the uh, kingdom of, of Babylon invaded 
the kingdom of Judah, destroyed the temple, sacked the city, and took the rich, the powerful, the elites, the culture makers out of the city and into a foreign land called Babylon, somewhere around present-day Iraq. And these people have been living in exile for decades by the time Isaiah 41 is written. Decades they have lived in captivity far from the place where they grew up, far from the place that they knew. They'd been through the worst experience of their lives and now they're having to cobble their lives back together in the midst of the exile in the same way that God told God's people through Jeremiah not to fear because he has a plan and a purpose for them. God speaks to the prophet Isaiah to remind them that God is with them, even in the midst of this great tragedy, even in the years and decades of loss that they've had to endure. Listen to these words from Isaiah as God speaks to God's people. Isaiah 41.8 says, But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. Here in in this verse, in verse 8, God reminds his people about his relationship with them. That they're not just any people, but God's chosen people. A people who were a part of a covenant that God had established with Abraham. A covenant that we are grafted into as followers of Jesus Christ. God remembers his covenant. God remembers his relationship with us. Our God is not a God who forgets his children, but who remembers us. Who remembers us and sees us. Verse 9, he said, God says, I took you from the ends of the earth. From its farthest corners I called you and said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. I think many times when we encounter hardship in our life, we have a tendency to begin to believe that somehow God has rejected us. That somehow we have fallen out of favor with God. When we begin to struggle with our circumstances, when we begin to struggle with our relationships, our family, or even the internal workings of ourself and our, ident- our identity, we begin to believe that we've somehow been rejected by God, that we're not worthy of God's love. But here in Isaiah, God says, not the case at all. That's not the case. Friend, apart from your circumstances, apart from what you feel and what you're experiencing, God says, I still love you and you are still my chosen. I tell my children this all the time. Apart from the ways that I may be hurt by what you've done, apart from the ways that that I might be wounded, I still love you. I won't reject you. You're my child. How could I ever? You are... The same flesh and bone as me, how could I ever turn away from you? And I believe God has that same kind of love toward us. How could God ever turn his back on us? We are his beloved children. Our outward circumstances and even our inward feelings are not a referendum on God's acceptance or rejection of us. Instead, moments of trial Moments of challenge, moments of pain and change invite us instead of running away and feeling rejected or dejected are an invitation to press into God's presence in our lives, to set our eyes upon Jesus and God's plan for the redemption, not only of our lives, but of the whole world to dive deep into prayer and into the scriptures to connect with God. God says to us, remember that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's special 
possession. And it's God who has the power and the authority and the right to define us. So look at verse 10. God says, so do not fear. You're not rejected, so do not fear. For I'm with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God's presence with us is an offer of support to us, to uphold us with his power. So don't fear, because you've been chosen by God, and God's promise is that he will uphold you, not by your power, not by your wisdom, not by your might, not by your ability or your skills or your um, expertise, but by God's unlimited power. One of the things I've learned about myself is that when I take control of my life, I bump up into my limits. Have you ever experienced that? That when you take control of your life, you become very aware of your limits very quickly. And when I say take control of your life, when I wrestle control of my life from God's hands, I begin to realize just how limited I am. Just how feeble my understanding is. Just how weak I am in comparison to His unlimited power. And I believe God says you don't have to live that way. You don't have to wrestle control from me. If you want power, I'll give you power. If you want strength, I will give you strength. If you feel like you need more of something, then I will bless you with it. You can face the future. You can face uncertain days without wrestling control of your life away from God because God's promise is that He will uphold us by His powerful right hand in every season of our lives. Isaiah goes on, All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. Why? Not because of your power, Israel, but because of the power of God. Though you search for your enemies, you will not find them. Those who wage war against you will be as nothing at all. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, I will help you. I love Isaiah 48, 13. Because all throughout this sermon series, we've talked about God who seems to be a presence that's far away. But Isaiah 41, 13 tells us that our God is a personal God. That our God has drawn near to us so near that God is willing to take our hands so that we can make it through whatever life has ahead of us. That God will use His power, His authority, and His might to strengthen us and to give us hope as we take hold of Him. I love that image. It reminds me of the first day of school, not as a, as a child, but the first day of school for Addie. See, the first day of school was a, a first day of school both for her and for us because we'd never done school before, right? I can remember kindergarten pulling up into the uh, Sally Z parking lot and how crowded it was. How there seemed to be 100,000 people standing outside of their cars and there were children who were excited and jumping up and down, couldn't wait to get inside of the building and there were children who were crying and screaming and I think there was some gnashing of teeth on down the aisle, right? And so we're sitting there and it's a zoo of people, it's a sea of people. And I look in the rearview mirror to Addie's seat, and I can see that Addie 
who had been excited about going to school, was beginning to get nervous and anxious. As a parent, have you ever seen this on the face of your children? You, you know that look, right? Like all of a sudden they go from confidence, they begin to shrink back and get small and, and become afraid. And, and so seeing this, I hopped out the car and walked around to Addie's door and opened it. She stepped out and she sort of stood there. This was a moment that seemed to hang in time. She stood there and I could feel her anxiety. I could feel how nervous she was. And so I did what any loving father would do in that moment. I reached out my hand and took hers. I reached out my hand and took her hand. In that moment, without saying a word, all of the nervousness, all of the anxiety, all of the fear, it seemed to melt away. She took my hand and she looked up. I looked down at her and I smiled. And I said, it's okay. I'm here. Let's go in together. And so we took that long journey from the Sally's Hour parking lot into the kindergarten wing. Me walking with confidence so that my child could face the uncertainty that was before her. Friends, I believe our God does the very same thing for us. That when we step into a new season of life and we're unsure and we're unafraid, God says, take my hand. I'm right here. Don't be afraid. We can do this together. You see, in that moment when I was holding Addie's hand, she didn't need to know the teacher's plan for the semester. She didn't need me, me to explain how many AR points she would need to complete kindergarten. She didn't even need to know what time lunch would be or what it was that she would be eating. What she needed, and I think what we need most, was the strength and the confidence that can only come from holding the hand of our Father. Friends, we have a loving Father who sees us, who loves us, who has chosen us, who has a plan and a purpose for our life, and not only that, we have a loving Father in heaven who takes our hand when nervousness and anxiety washes over us, a loving Father who lends us His strength, His power, His confidence, so that we can face the future unafraid. So fear not this morning, because God is with you. Take His hand and walk into the future with Him in confidence and in strength. And in Jesus' name, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for the way that you walk with us and for the constant invitation to take your hand, to walk in confidence and strength and in power that doesn't come from us but simply comes from you. We thank you, God, that though you are the creator of the universe and though you are holding all things together, you still choose to hold our hand so that we 
can walk with courage into your future. Lord God, strengthen us for the days ahead as we anticipate the birth of your Son, Jesus Christ. Remind us, God, that it's your strength made personal through him that gives us hope for today and courage for tomorrow. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.